Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at AOC, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. And of course, on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you. If you're new to the Art of Charm podcast, Fan Mail Friday is not a great place to start. Most of our content is more in-depth. It's a longer format. So check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got our fundamentals of reading body language and charismatic nonverbal communication, the science of attraction, negotiation techniques, networking and influence strategies, persuasion tactics, and everything else that we teach here at The Art of Charm. We'll send all this to your inbox if you text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 here in the States, or anywhere else, just go to theartofcharm.com. All right, let's cut to it. Hi, Jordan. I just finished listening to the Daria Rose podcast on creating good habits and not always resorting to willpower. I'm wondering how I could go about creating good habits, i.e. the gym, going to sleep on time, eating properly, etc., on a flex schedule. I work a job that typically has me starting work anytime from 4 to 6 a.m. and has me finishing whenever I'm done, usually 8 to 12 hours later, but my finish time can be postponed depending on what may go wrong in a given day. I also go to school at night from 6 to 9 p.m. I'm wondering how I might effectively create good habits around my ever-changing schedule. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, this is interesting because, of course, we have the ability to create a good schedule, a good routine, going to bed at the right time, getting up at the right time. And once you throw a flex schedule into the mix, then you're throwing all kinds of monkey wrenches in there because you don't have any set routine. But the truth is you do have some set routines. So what we want to do is lean into the set routine as much as possible. Maybe your work time starts differently each day. Maybe it ends different time each day. Try to get your going to bed and wake up times the same no matter what you do and maybe move things like the time you go to the gym or the time that you create certain meal habits or something like that. You really are only able to control what you can. So instead of saying, well, I've got this flex schedule, I can't do anything about it, switch to a routine that gets at least your sleep on schedule. You can also switch your environment if possible. I mean, if you can get a different job that doesn't have a flex schedule or if you can get them to start at least at the same time and maybe end at different times, even if that means you're eating your meals at different times, that's better than changing around your sleep sleep schedule, which your body really doesn't adapt to very well. And of course, you know, we're big fans of using psychology against ourselves here at AOC. So for example, making sure that you're not getting up super early because of environmental factors or something that's unavoidable and then trying to sleep through it. For example, if you know your wife takes the kids to school at a certain time, don't try to sleep through it. Try to go to bed earlier so that when they wake up, you're up. Other things are don't screw around with your phone at night. Make sure you're getting to bed at the right time. You're not looking at blue light. You're using blue blockers, the eye mask, all the stuff I've mentioned in other episodes of the show, making sure that you are setting yourself up for success there and not just, well, you know, I leave my phone in my room because it's my alarm clock and then I surf Reddit for three hours, don't get enough sleep, etc. Same thing with the food. If you are eating at different times, you're not able to eat healthy, pack a lunch. That's the bottom line is you have to do that. No using the excuse, well, you know, I ate late, so I had to go to Burger King. 
again. That doesn't fly with us. Remember, you got to get to sleep ASAP. Use the blue blockers. Use the eye mask. Get some blackout curtains and go to bed. If you can make sure that you go to bed at the same time every night, you can be darn sure you're going to get more and better quality sleep and you're going to be able to wake up at a certain time. So yes, you're on a flex schedule, but I find it hard to believe that you can't drill down at least the sleep schedule, even if everything else in your life is totally chaotic and variable, getting that sleep schedule on track will do wonders. Hope that helps. All right, next up. Jordan, I listen to the show often, and I often recommend your show to colleagues and coworkers. A while back, I listened to a Fan Mail Friday question from the actress with the jealous boyfriend and the response from the other fan on November 2nd. Sorry, but the advice from November 2nd missed the real problem of the actress, her boyfriend's jealousy. It's hard to explain jealousy as the controlling and ultimately uncaring behavior that it is to someone who hasn't known it. The actress should offer to go to counseling with the boyfriend, lay out a game plan, and fairness rules for dealing with the issues, and if he can't or won't get a grip on his jealousy, she should break up with him. Her life's dream of being an actress, hopefully a successful paying job for her, with varied roles, is incompatible with someone who cannot watch her kiss someone else. Not a lot of room there for argument. For a normal person with regular insecurities, the November 2nd advice was fine. But controlling jealous behaviors are not regular insecurities. The behavior is often the first clue of a potentially abusive relationship. First, it's don't kiss other guys even for an acting job. Next, it's don't hang out with other guys or work with other guys. Then it's don't hang out with single women because they might know single guys. You get the picture. Granted, this is a podcast mail-in show, so that's why I'm not saying for sure the guy is controlling and jealous, but she's afraid he will ask her to give up her dream career. Sometimes a person will downplay the bad behavior when they are looking for help. She might be in love with him and hope these techniques will change him. But what if he gets a charge out of making her give things up? What if her feelings are really low on his priority list? She got a degree in acting and avoided kissing anyone the whole time to make him feel comfortable. Sounds pretty iffy to me. So for sure, if he won't go to counseling with her and figure out how to set fair boundaries, she needs to hit those bricks and move on. It isn't selfishness, it's self-respect. Cheers, Leslie. Hey, Leslie, I actually agree with this 100%. I do think that the advice from November 2nd did miss the real problem. And the reason I aired it because I thought "Mm, this is valid in large part for a large number of people listening to this particular problem. But you really do nail it in that that advice is great for people with normal levels of insecurity, but controlling jealous behaviors are not regular insecurities. And I think the voice of experience here from Leslie in the part that we had did cut a little bit is that the, f- the behavior that we're seeing here is often the first clue of a potentially abusive relationship. And we're not saying that your boyfriend is definitely going to be abusive. And we're not saying that people who do this are bound to be abusive in other ways, but it is a slippery slope and it isn't a, it's a big red flag. So the test, the litmus test here, as Leslie suggests, is get him to go to counseling with her, with you, if this is your issue, figure out how to set those fair boundaries. If he won't play ball with that, then he's not interested in setting fair boundaries. He's only interested in the control. And that is a very, very deep, deep, deep shade of red on that red flag. So you got to hit those bricks and move on. Thanks, Leslie. Great advice from somebody who's been in a similar situation. Next up. I have a question for Fan Mail Friday. Well, you've come to the right place for that one. I'm not sure if you've delved into a topic such as this, but it came up when you had Susan Winter on talking about breakups. When I was 19, an ex-boyfriend gave me the lovely gift of genital herpes. Thanks, buddy. I told my last boyfriend about it at the beginning of the relationship, and he totally accepted me anyway. Fast forward several years, and that boyfriend and I broke up over a year ago. Having been single for a while, I'm ready to get back into the dating game. However, the fear of bringing up this subject is preventing me from even going on dates. 
In regards to the HSV, it is very well controlled, and I didn't pass it on to my last boyfriend of three years. While I know that there are estimates that one in six or even up to one in three people have the virus, it's still a huge social taboo. How would you suggest I go about telling a date about this? When would I broach the subject? And how would you or any of the other guys feel if a girl told you about this? This has to be more common than I think it is, but no one's ever talked about it. And I know there are definitely dudes with potentially the same problem. Thanks for any insight. Anonymous. Of course, anonymous. Yeah, I mean, talk about the gift that keeps on giving. What a <laughs> pain in the butt! And it sucks to get it when you're 19. You got your whole life ahead of you. It's one guy that you probably never talk to anymore. Not a big part of your life, etc. It is kind of a bummer. So I know there's a lot of people that have this problem. I mean, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but isn't it like one in three people have this? It's just that a lot of people don't have symptoms and things like that. And of course, you know, she's taking the antiviral drug. She's never had an issue with it. But I would say that. You definitely obviously have to tell people about this. Otherwise, you are a total scumbag, even though it's not your fault that you have it in the first place, Anonymous. When I would bring it up is if things are getting hot and heavy, you need to step back, take a pause and go, look, we need to talk about something. And of course, he's going to go, ah, she's going to try to talk me out of it or talk about how conservative she is or how she doesn't sleep together on date number or whatever we're talking about here. But if you sit down and you go, look, I mean, you know, I like you. I want to do this. But. That when I was 19, which by now is a long, long time ago, judging by uh, what we'd seen in the rest of the email here, some of which we edited, you know, it was a long time ago. He's going to understand it or he's going to be a jerk about it and not understand it. But what will what won't happen is you won't have to explain after the fact that you did this thing with him and now he might have it, et cetera, et cetera. He needs to go in knowing what's up. He needs to go in knowing, look, you've been on antivirals. It's never spread. You've had serious relationships. After this, nothing has ever happened and allow him to make an educated decision about it. Another thing I would say is that after you have that type of talk, you need to give him the ability to sleep on it, right? Because what we don't want to see is he goes, yeah, 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 no problem. And then you dive in the sack and then the next day he's like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. Heat of the moment, two, three glasses of wine deep. What did I do? Now he's freaking out. He's maybe mad at you. He's mad at himself. You really need to have a rational, calm conversation about this. It's not a first date thing. It's not a third date thing. This is a, look, you know, I want to be more intimate with you, but I want to get this out of the way. And if somebody breaks up with you because of this, well, I mean, I understand that they're afraid of this, but this is a decision they have to make. And you're, you're maybe you're setting yourself up for a little bit of rejection, a little bit of hurt here. But the truth is, somebody who's reasonable, rational, and then goes home and Googles and does the research on this, they're going to be able to make an educated decision and do some cost benefit with how much they like you versus what they calculate as their risk factor. And that's unfair in terms of you having this and other people not having to worry about this. But them's the breaks and I think it's going to do you a favor because it's going to allow you looking at the positives of this situation to screen in guys who are a little bit more intelligent, a lot more understanding and people who really like you versus the guys who just want a quickie and are telling you what you want to hear because they're not, those are going to be the ones that say peace and never call you back and good riddance, you're better off without them. Does that make sense? What do you think of that, Jason? Well, as someone who has had this happen to him a month after I started sleeping with the girl and she uh, unloaded the the secret on me, uh, I can tell you that telling or having that discussion before you get intimate is really key because that was an Dang. instant breakup. And, you know, of course, and I was worried for a couple months because I'm like, OK, if she had this and didn't tell me, does she have anything else? And then I had to wait to get tested. And it was a really crappy time. And it's just I mean, it's instant br breach of trust. So, yeah. 
Right. And honestly, you like, can't you know, make up for it later, right? You can't like oh, later yeah. on go, well, I didn't tell you because no, like it's purely selfish if you don't say anything. So yeah, it's, it's becomes a deal breaker instead of something that you can work around if you don't talk about it. Right. Yeah. And if she'd have brought it up beforehand, I would have been totally fine with it, but she didn't, she lied to me because I asked her before we went to bed the first time. I'm like, is there anything you need to tell me before we, you know, sleep together? I'm like, I've got my tests. I'm good. She's like, yep, me too. Boom. And then, uh, month later uh she's like do you know what valtrex is i'm just like oh no so oh man that's cool some people some yeah. people but are, you're hurt free now so you dodge the bullet i did dodge a bullet, but and, and i want to back up what you said you have to have time to sleep on it so you know if you're getting close to that point at least do it a date before you know so there is that time for processing so the so the guy can you know come to terms with it and i'm you know i'd say 95 percent of the guys out there are going to be smart enough to say hey Look, she's careful. She's taking her meds. We can be careful together and still have a great relationship and no harm, no foul. Perfect. Love it. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. 
going through endless resumes. Well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, next question. Hey, Jordan, I've been listening to your podcast for almost six months here in Dubai, and I love it. I'm in a situation now that I usually let go of, but I'm not sure I can let this one go. I met an amazing girl in June, and we hit it off really well, and we've been on a couple of dates. Sadly, her mom passed away in October, and naturally, things have stopped. I offered my condolences and support through this tough time, and we've not been in contact until I saw her last week at a mutual friend's birthday party. Even though it could be all on the surface, she seemed fine and ready to move on. I would really like to reinitiate the conversation with her, but not sure how. Any ideas would be greatly appreciated. I would usually let the girl go at this point, but I have a different feeling about this one. Thanks, Abe. So first thing I want to note here from Abe is that I changed his name just because I, I always do that. But he is definitely more of a conservative Muslim type of person, given some of the rest of the email. And he's a, he's a local in Dubai, not like an expat working there. So I just want to sort of highlight that because that does color the advice a little bit. What I would say also here is it no matter what you think, how her mom passed away in October. I mean, we're looking at I got this email in December. She's not fine and ready to move on. This is going to take a long time. A parent passed away. It looks like she's fine on the surface because that might be the first time she felt comfortable enough going out of the house to hang out with friends. What you're seeing is a brave face. You're not seeing someone who went, ah, yep, guess my mom's dead, but I'm going to move right on with my life. That's not how it works unless you're talking about even estranged parents have heavier effects on their children when they pass away. I mean, that's just how it goes. So don't... Your assessment of her being fine and ready to move on, I would say, is probably unlikely, slightly flawed. You can, however, reinitiate the conversation with her. That's fine. I mean, she's looking for friends. You're, what you need to do is not put pressure on her to be your girlfriend and manage all your expectations and all of these things. You just want to get to know her if that's something that you think you can manage uh, in inside the constraints of your culture, your conservative culture here. You said you'd usually let the girl go at this point, but you have a different feeling about this one. This is where I'm going to sound cold, callous, but uh, this is the coach in me talking. Your feeling about her has nothing to do with her feelings about you. Your feeling about her really has nothing to do with the reality of how you two will be once you're a couple. Because you're not a couple, you have no idea. You just like her a lot because you're attracted to her a lot really doesn't have anything to do with reality. And I know that's kind of a cold shower and cold calculated and callous, but them's the breaks. You feeling that she's more special than other people that you know at this stage is invalid. This is called lust. It's really easy. It's really an elementary calculation in 
every new relationship, or I should say even pre-relationship, very common feeling, very universal, which means it's almost totally replaceable with another person who you also find attractive. So don't weigh her more heavily than other people. You might have a crush on her, but it has nothing to do with her viability as a long-term relationship for you. So that's a long way of saying make friends with her, put no pressure on her to be in a relationship with you because that type of pressure is going to get her to run, not walk away from you, and rightfully so, especially this soon after her mom passed away. So you can be around, you can be friends with her, you can be friends with her friends, and you can be there when she is ready to move on, but and under no circumstances do you need to now pounce because you feel like she's extra super special. If she's that special, she'll be around in six to eight months or a year when she's ready to actually have a relationship. And at that point, if you liked her and you stuck around in that circle of friends, you'll be in prime position. I'm going to completely second that because I did date a girl who lost her mother and it took her a year and a half. And we we basically split up you know, during that time. And I was just a friend to her for a year and a half and uh, didn't try and push anything. And when she was ready, she came back to me. But I was there at the middle of the night when she needed somebody to talk to, you know, when she calls, answer the phone or just call her and ask her how she's doing every now and again. You just you, you still want to, you know, maintain contact and be a good friend. Don't be a jerk about it. You know, just, right. she's, she's she lost somebody. And if she's, you know, if she's somebody that you want to be around, be a friend, just be a really good friend. And the rest will take care of itself. Right. And this isn't be pretend i just want to super clarify this right this isn't pretend to be her friend so that eventually you guys can sleep together when she's vulnerable enough because i feel like you can be on the fence here and we see this all the time where uh guys who are in the friend zone and maybe didn't put themselves there but circumstances did or she's done it those are the guys who are like i'll answer your phone at 3 a.m i'll drive you to the airport all the time and there's this covert contract where if she doesn't eventually like you you get angry because you feel like i've put in the time you're not entitled to anything you can be her friend for a long time but if she doesn't eventually choose to have a relationship with you you don't get to get mad about it because you decided to be her friend and wait for her that's not how it works right no covert contracts and we discuss covert contracts a lot in other episodes of Fan Mail Friday, in other episodes of The Art of Charm. So you actually have to be a real friend. And if you can't do that, then this girl's not more special. You just wanted to uh, to get in it. <laughs> I'm sorry to put it so crudely, but that's the, that's the truth, right? If you really feel like she's super special, then you'd want to be this person's friend and anything that romantic follows later. Anytime you're putting pressure on somebody or forcing them on your own timeline, that's all your junk and your emotional baggage. It has nothing to do with them. Couldn't agree more. All right. Next up. Hi, Jordan. I know you give great advice, and I'm trying to help my brother. He's in the Marines and has been in a long relationship with his girlfriend, who is also a Marine. She hasn't had sex with him in five months because she found out he watched porn. She's also been married the whole time that she's known him. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't think porn is the problem here. No. Um, (laughs) He wanted her to get a divorce and said he would pay for it, but she wouldn't do it. He's moving halfway across the country, and he wants to maintain a long-distance relationship with her and hopes she moves down there, even though she didn't choose to move with him. I told him he should move on, but he's stuck on her. Maybe it's the scarcity mindset. Any advice I can give to him would be awesome. Thanks for your service. Yeah, well, I should say thanks for your service and thanks for your brother's service. These guys are both actually uh, in the service and he's emailing me on his brother's behalf, which the fact that he's emailing me on his brother's behalf, first of all, tells me that his brother's not going to follow the advice that we give him here. But (laughs) since there may be other people in this situation... 
and it's an interesting question, I'll go for it here. Look, this woman hasn't had sex with him in five months because she found out he watched porn. That's not the reason. Look, she's either using that as an excuse or she's trying to control him because she's so insecure about that activity, possibly, that she wants to make sure that he's punished for it. But most likely, there's something else going on here. The fact that she's been married the whole time she's known him. I was going to say, could it be the fact I mean, that she's married? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, women can be scumbags, too, and it sounds like she might be one of them. Granted, she might be teetering on the edge of divorce and, you know, separated, and she's as good as divorced at this point, but... He wanted her to get a divorce. What about her? Does she want to get a divorce? This isn't even addressed in the email. He said he'd pay for it. So obviously she brought up the reason, well, divorce is expensive, but then she still wouldn't do it. Guess what? She's still in an active relationship with her husband. And it probably goes along with one of the reasons why she won't sleep with you. Your brother's the guy on the side here. He's moving halfway across the country. He wants to maintain a long-distance relationship, hoping she moves down there, but she'd already said no. This is absolutely scarcity mindset. This is very toxic, very poisonous. He needs to listen to the Art of Charm toolbox, which, by the way, theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. But here's the thing. If you're writing on his behalf, he's not going to listen to this advice. What's going to likely happen is he's going to go, Jordan doesn't know what he's talking about. These guys are jack-offs. And he's going to go ahead, be in a long-distance relationship with her. She's eventually going to jerk him around long enough and go back to her husband and he's going to go why me and we're going to be right back here where we started saying I told you so actually I'd like to think I'm more compassionate than that but I'm sort of projecting into the future here the advice that I have for him is you've got to learn how to get out of the scarcity mindset the toolbox is why we created that in part is to get out of that scarcity mindset however the fact that you're writing his brother's writing us on his behalf tells me he's not ready to hear this advice at all anyway so it's a lost cause he's probably going to have to learn this one the hard way and then when he does fall that's when you can show him these resources because right now it sounds like he thinks he knows how to control this situation and he has no idea what's coming I hope that makes sense, and I hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us at friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered here on the air. A link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF for Fan Mail Friday 96. Don't forget about the AOC challenge as well. Text the word charmed, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 here in the U.S. or anywhere else. Just go to theartofcharm.com. We're taking you step-by-step at becoming better at making personal and professional connections, becoming a better networker, increasing your personal social capital and your charisma and it's for both guys and gals so check that out text the word charmed to 33444 in the states that's c-h-a-r-m-e-d or everywhere else just go to the art of by the way i do a lot of speaking these days just spoke at uh ranger second ranger battalion up at fort lewis uh, a couple of other real estate conferences down in hawaii i know tough life so if you're interested in having me come and speak to your organization especially corporations and schools and things like that reach out to me here jordan at the art of charm Quick shout out to the Hatponics crew and the CHS Lions Powers of Hope team. They're working in rural Jamaica, building an aquaponic system to help a Jamaican school for the deaf feed itself. How cool is that? That is there amazing. Was a time, isn't that cool? They said last year there was a time the school lacked funding and the kids went hungry. So this ish is real down there. It's like if they can't grow their own food, they can't eat. Uh, and that's definitely no bueno. So they started a joint venture between this company that Jeremy Ashen, who's, uh, who's getting a shout out 
about here, works for in a local high school. The high schoolers designed a solar-powered system to supplement their unreliable electricity grid down in Jamaica. They fundraise for all the supplies, all the travel, and they're growing, putting in grow beds and a farming shed and solar panels and all this stuff. And uh, Jeremy says, thanks for all you've taught me through the years. It's brought me to where I am today, and I love it. Working pro bono for people who truly need the help, getting to interact with the high schoolers and teach them real-world skills. It's incredibly rewarding. And the tropical weather doesn't hurt much either. That's Jeremy down at Hat Ponics in Jamaica. Very cool. That sure beats what I was building in high school, which were mostly pipe bombs or whatever. So, <laughs> so definitely... Hats off to the Hatponics crew, and another shout-out to Meredith from her crazy dad teaching in Wuxi, China. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up. I'll shout you out. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps that we run pretty much every single week here in L.A. So if you really want to dig into this stuff and work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches, check out bootcamp.theartofcharm.com. Now stay charming, get out there and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and more at theartofcharmpodcast.com.